Good morning, friends. It's Wednesday and it's time for Let's Chat. I'm going to open in prayer and then I'm going to talk to you today about why is prophecy important? That is my topic for today. Why is prophecy important? Father, I want to thank you for this beautiful day. I want to thank you for your anointing. Jesus, without your anointing, without the Holy Spirit, we're wasting our time. It is just hot air and it achieves nothing. But under the power of the Spirit, I want to thank you for propelling your words into the hearts and lives of people to transform, to change, to rearrange, to bring breakthrough, to bring glory, and that you may be glorified. Jesus, our Lord and our Savior and King. Thank you for the seven spirits before the throne just brooding over me this morning and over those watching. And thank you for answered questions today that people might have a greater revelation of why you consider it so important that we desire and understand the power of prophecy and prophetic words in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, the Bible says, in Acts 2 verse 17, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, goes on to say, your sons and daughters, even upon my servants, both men and women, and they will prophesy. Now, why is it so incredibly important to God that A, we are able to prophesy and B, that we need the prophetic word? What is it about that that is so important? And so I want to talk to you about that a little bit today because I think it is a topic that some do not understand. Some are petrified of and they just reject Others don't believe it's necessary, but Jesus said, I will pour out my spirit and the result of my outpoured spirit is the prophetic word. So I want to discuss that with you today and just see what it is that God wants you to know about the prophetic utterance. <clears throat> it says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, and this is Paul writing, and if you read 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, he unpacks the prophetic powerfully for all of us to understand. But he says in verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Now friends, it's really important not to miss the beginning of that scripture. Follow the way of love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The way of love is generous giving. The way of love is pouring us out for other people. That's the way of love. The way of love is caring deeply about other people, <clears throat> about their lives, about their success. It's celebrating their success. And it is knowing that God cares so much about every single individual that he even counts the hairs on their head. That's the way of love. It is a generous outpouring of affection, of concern, of care, of reaching out beyond yourself to other people. That's the way of love. It is going out of the bubble called me, I and myself and reaching every single person around you. It is loving the way the Father loves. It is loving with hope. It is loving with destiny. It is loving. It's seeing the gold, no matter what the, 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 the body looks like or the package looks like that carries that gold. And it's calling that gold out. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, prophecy means to speak forth by divine inspiration. It simply means to hear God and speak it. That's all it means. 
Listen to the whisper of God and speak it. It's not complicated. It's not mystical. It's not woo. It's not weird or scary. It's just listening and speaking. That's what it means. It's to declare divine revelation. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm seeing. And so I want to say it over your life. It is to teach, to comfort, to admonish under divine prompting. So it's not just, excuse me, <clears throat> it's not just bringing a word, but it's actually hearing whether you need to equip somebody, teach somebody, whether you need to comfort somebody, whether you need to bring a little bit of correction into their life. But it's always under divine prompting. It's never by your opinion. And that is what we need to understand. Now, why is the prophetic so incredibly important? Because it is God speaking to and through his people. It is God speaking to and through his people. And friends... <clears throat> The God that we serve, the relational God that we serve, wants to speak to us every single day of our life. And not just once a day. If you've got a relationship with somebody and all you ever say to them is good morning, and you spend the whole day walking past each other and going to sleep at night, and the next morning you say good morning, that would not be a relationship. But when you have a relationship, there is an interaction. What do you think? How do you feel? What do you think we should do? There's that type of interaction, which means God wants to speak to us all the time. And all we've got to do is learn to listen to the voice of God. Now, in 2 Peter 1 verse 20 and 21, I've got a lot of scripture because I really believe that everything that God says has to be conformed with his scripture and not with other people's opinions. 2 Peter 1 verse 20 and 21 says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own inter interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I want you to know, it's not your opinion. It's something that actually bypasses your opinion and picks up the heart of God. It's seeing gold where your opinion might see ashes. That's the voice of God. Now, why do we need it? Number one, because it's God speaking to his people. But what I want you to know is <clears throat> God will always speak to you first. Friends, so many people want to dial a prophet. What do you think God has for me? If you're in a relationship with God, God speaks to you first. He says, my sheep know my voice. Every single person who calls himself a child of God can only be a child of God if they know the Father's voice. My sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They follow my voice. That's what the Word of God says. So he's always going to speak to you first. We see the example in Jeremiah 1 verse 4 when it said, The Word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you, I knew you. And as you read that passage of Scripture in Jeremiah 4, you... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. You will see that is where God tells Jeremiah that I called you to be a prophet to the nations. And I'm going to lead you to speak to people who don't want to listen. He speaks to Jeremiah first, friends. So the first thing I want you to know about the prophetic, God will speak to you. Don't go to find a prophetic word if God hasn't spoken to you. Because whatever God's going to say through other people, 
has to come onto that foundation of what he spoke to you first. So many people have missed God. So many people have made life-changing decisions because somebody gave them a prophetic word and they acted on that prophetic word. Friends, I want to warn you today. I can give you a prophetic word, but I cannot give you the grace, the endurance, and the stamina to fulfill that prophetic destiny. So whatever word I give you has to be planted into the soil of what God's already told you. Because when he's told you, he gives you the grace, the stamina, and endurance to bring it to fullness. And so any other word that comes from another person has to be planted in the soil of what God's already told you. So if you've never had a prophetic word, you start by coming to the Father and saying, God, you predestined me according to Ephesians 1 verse 5 and 11 and according to Romans. Therefore, I have a destiny because the prophetic brings it from predestined into destiny. Please tell me your thoughts about me. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I know the thoughts I have for you, plans, uh, thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you with hope in the future. It says, ask of me, ask of me. And so we've got to go to the Father. So the first thing I want you to know is the first level of the prophetic has to be you hearing the voice of God about you. Now he can speak to you with that still inner voice where he talks into your spirit man. Record it. Make a message. Take, a, take notes. Record it. Then he will confirm it through the word of God, which is the rhema. When you read something and it jumps out at you and you go, wow, that's for me. That's your rhema. It turns it from logos the word, the written word, to rhema, the revelational word for you. Now you need to write those down. And when you've written that down, that is the foundation. That is the fertile soil. The seed has been planted. And then beyond that, any word that comes after that goes into that seedbed and multiplies and grows. The prophetic word should always strengthen, comfort and encourage people. Now it says in 1 Corinthians 14, and as I said to you, you need to keep your finger on 1 Corinthians 14 because it's such a powerful passage of scripture about the prophetic. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says, He who speaks in verse 3, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening. That means to build them up, to edify, to implant wisdom, to promote holiness and to promote humility. Not to puff you up. So many people say, I've got a prophetic word that I'm going to be doing this and this in the nations one day. And they get all arrogant and puffed up like, do you know what God thinks of me? No, friends. The prophetic word comes to strengthen us, to build us up, to keep us wise, to keep us in holiness and to keep us humble. So that we can fulfill the word of God. So that we can be strengthened every single day to carry on with the word that God has got for us. It comes to edify us. To encourage, that means to refresh us, to say God hasn't forgotten. Keep on keeping on because he knows what he's doing. To come and encourage us and to comfort us. And that means to keep us calm. Now friends, when do you need to be calm? When life is chaotic. Look what's happening in my circumstances. Keep calm. Keep calm. Let peace rule your heart. Do not allow your own understanding to take control. Lean not on your own understanding. Keep calm. So the prophetic comes to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. Along our journey, call our Christian walk. 
So once God has placed the seeds in our heart, which has been then confirmed through prophetic utterance, He then is going to keep bringing people into your life to keep encouraging you, strengthening you, that you won't go off the path. Remember I spoke last week about it's a narrow road and we've got to keep walking in that direction. And it doesn't look easy. In this world, there are many troubles, friends. And what do troubles come to do? They come to throw us off the rock. It says when the storms of life come, not if the storms of life come, when the storms of life come, those who are rooted on the rock of Jesus Christ will not be shaken. But those that are planted on the sand are going to fall. So what does it mean to be planted on the rock of Jesus Christ? It means God has spoken. You have heard. You've rooted yourself on the prophetic destiny, the divine word of God. You've had words to confirm that. And you cannot be shaken. No matter what happens. Because why? Because we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 3 verse 1 and Hebrews 12 tells us, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Fix your mind on Christ. God, you said it, I believe it. It doesn't matter what it looks up. I'm focused on you. Very, very important. <clears throat> Prophetic words come to confirm, to expand, and to um, expound that which God has got for us. So 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 says, For we all know in part and we prophesy in part. So you will have a little tiny part of what God has got for your destiny. And then God anoints other people with that utterance, just go whisper into their ear, and they will bring another part and another part and another part. But it has to fit into the original part that you've got. So he starts putting a puzzle together. Of, our, of his plans that he has for us. Remember, he predestined us. He, he, he created us. Now he's got to form us into that who he's wanting us to be. And he forms us on the journey called life where there are many troubles. And that's part of the destiny. It's journeying the troubles. You only become strong because you've practiced the muscle. You only become wise because you've been put into situations to be wise. You only have faith because you've been put into situations to have faith. You only become strong in your, in your walk in God because you've been put into situations where the God of the impossible has had to intervene. That's what makes you who you are, friends. That is what forms you into your destiny. And so we all know in part. And when God gives you that foundational cornerstone of the picture of your life, other prophetic words will build on that and expand it, expound it, and confirm it. That's what God is wanting them to do. Now, how do they work? Well, it says in 1 Corinthians 12 that there are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and words of prophecy. So, what is a word of wisdom? It is a divine direction and the skill of managing your affairs today. So, it's the word Sophia. It's wisdom. So, God will give a prophetic utterance, which means He will speak in the area of wisdom, helping people to know how to manage their skill and their affairs through divine utterance for today. So friends, there are times when you have to say, God, give me wisdom. And it's my prayer daily. God, I want more wisdom. I want more wisdom. Because wisdom is an anointed manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the area of how to manage your affairs today. It's a present day inspired word of God. 
And so he will speak through words of wisdom, which he gives us through his word, through his Holy Spirit, or through other people's encouragement. They come to exhort, strengthen, and encourage, and they come with words like, I really feel like God is wanting you to be aware of this today, or to do this now, or words like that, present time. Words of wisdom, the kenosis, means an intimate knowledge. That's compared to intimacy between a husband and a wife. It's the intimate knowledge of the purposes and the plans of God. It's to know by perception. And so God wants to speak in words of knowledge, and it usually refers to what's already been. So terrible things have happened in your life and you can't understand it. Then God gives a word of knowledge either to you or to somebody else about you so that they can come and encourage you to say, this happened. But this is what God is going to do because it happened. You see, friends, he turns everything to the good for those who love him. But this is terrible, yes. But the word of knowledge is this terrible thing. And I want to tell you, friends, God is not the cause of terrible things. The enemy is, but I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But this terrible thing has happened because God is turning this ash this brokenness, this disaster into something very powerful. And you know, the most powerful thing that God does through a word of knowledge is that he says, I know where you've been. I know your pain, physical, emotional, spiritual. I know the disasters. I know where you've been stolen from. I know where you've been robbed. And so many times word of knowledge will reveal the pain and the shame and the disaster of the past. But not to shame you. To show you the glory of God that's going to take those ashes and turn them into something incredibly beautiful. He takes the daggers of condemnation and accusation out of our back, friends. And he turns it to the sword in our hand. Why? So that our life becomes the greatest vengeance against the enemy that he's got. There's nothing more powerful in anybody's life but the word of their testimony. This is who I was. This is where I've been. But the power and the glorifying glory of God has transformed me, has changed me and rearranged me. And look who I am today. I represent something of Jesus. And because of where I've been, your life will be improved. Your life will be changed. Your life will be empowered because he's changed my story into glory. And that is the greatest weapon against the enemy, friends. Your story being turned into glory. Your ashes becoming a crown of beauty. The things that were disastrous becoming turned to good in your life. And the enemy will keep you focused on your brokenness, your shame, and what's defamed you. And then God will give a, a word of knowledge to somebody to reveal and bring that into the light <clears throat> so that... He can turn it into glory. And it's never, ever to cause you shame, but to break the shame and bring victory and glory and to break the trauma and to break all the things that were secret because the devil loves secret. The power of sin is in secrecy. But the moment a secret is broken, it has no power and Satan has no power over your life. And so there's many ways that a word of knowledge can happen. But it's always about what's happened in the past to empower you. And then we have the prophetic word, which I've already described to you, de declaring the purposes of God. It's to reprove, to admonish, to foretell, and to predict the future. And friends, even in admonishing or reproving or correcting, 
it always has to be done in a way that says if you carry on doing this it's going to be disastrous but God says just make this change just do this just focus on this and life will be completely different he doesn't come to condemn us ever friends he comes to change our focus so that we can see things from a new perspective and that we can fix our eyes on him so even when he brings any form of correction if it's not brought in a way that empowers people if it's condemnation it's never God I'm going to say that again when any word comes that brings condemnation to an individual to a church or to a people or to a government it's not God because God comes to bring correction for empowerment and it's always glorious so why is it important because God wants to speak to his people he wants to encourage his people now prophetic words from mature leaders from those that have walked the journey from those that are recognized as leaders in the church from those that are recognized in their calling breaks open a prophetic destiny over a person's life so when somebody looks at you and because they are mature in the things of God because they're a leader because they're an elder because they're a bishop or because they operate in the fivefold ministry and they look at you and they can see the potential within you and they then prophesy over you they break that open over your life friends and you then have an open portal to start living in the thing that's been broken over your life 1 Timothy 4 verse 14 says do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you through the prophecy when the the elders or the presbytery laid their hands over you so friends when people that lay hands on you because they operate in a mature fivefold ministry governmental level they break open something over you that you can operate in another level and then it's up to you to step into that so many people want prophetic words because they want to be stroked they want to feel good about themselves they want to say god what do you think of me but they never do anything with the prophetic word friends i want to say this to you prophecy is not there to stroke you it's not there to make you feel good so many people say i've had so many prophetic words but nothing's happened why has nothing happened because you did not step into what God has given you. And so we've got to understand that prophecy is not there to make you feel good about you. But prophecy is there to direct your path so that you can keep on keeping on keep on keeping on keep on keeping on fixing your eyes on Jesus and establish who he said he's called you to be. Now prophecy is always the testimony that Jesus is operating where there's no prophetic words in the church, where prophecy is not manifested in the church, guess what, friends? Jesus isn't operating. He's been shut down. He's been stopped. Jesus is not operating where there's no prophecy. It says in Revelations 19 verse 10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's a scary thought. When people say we don't need prophetic words in these in this time and in this era the prophecy was for the old testament we don't need it now that's not the way god works we don't allow prophets they're all a bit wacko you've just shut jesus down in your church that's a scary thought okay so they're not there to bless us but they are there to transform us now the most powerful thing about prophecy is that it is a weapon of warfare 
Now, 1 Timothy 1, and I just want to read this to you quickly. <clears throat> I'm still battling with my computer, so my printer. So hopefully by next week, I'll have my notes printed and I won't have to look them up all the time. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18 to 19 says this. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. So that by following them, you may fight the good fight. Holding on to faith and a good conscience, some have rejected these and have shipwrecked their faith. Now friends, the greatest weapon of warfare that we have, other than the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus, is the prophetic words that have been spoken over us. People can come and say, well, I don't see that on you. That's never going to happen. They can say all kinds of negative things. The devil, the accuser within your head is going to tell you all kinds of junk. But friends, once God spoke to you, once it's been confirmed through Rhema, once it's been confirmed through people prophesying and you witness with what they're saying, you hold on to that and that becomes your fight. I want to say this to you. Don't go into presumption with prophecy. I have to warn you about this. I've seen so many people that had some person come and say to them, now if you want to receive and believe a prophetic word, as I told you, it's got to confirm with what's already within you. But look over the shoulder of the person prophesying. There's a lot of fake flakes out there. There's a lot of people that just want the power. There's a lot of demonic prophecies. There's a lot of prophecies out of the wrong kingdom. If you want to know if you can take a hold of a prophetic word and build on that, Look over the shoulder of the one who prophesied. Let there be a track record of something that says they are accurate when they speak things happen, when they speak things change, when they prophesy babies, babies are born. That's who you need to listen to and build your life on. Not some person who walks up to you, gives you a prophetic word about a wonderful husband coming one day and they have never ever had a track record and you put your faith in that and now 20 years later you haven't got a husband so you're angry with God. That's junk. It's rubbish. And it's a counterfeit. Don't go there, friends. Look for somebody that you know they've confirmed what God said to me and they've got a track record of hearing God. And then you take a hold of that word. 1 Timothy says you fight according to the prophetic. Now, friends, I want to tell you this. I've often shared testimonies. When I was pregnant with my second daughter, I said, God, I really want to know. It's, and I was desperate, really, really, really wanted a girl. But I felt like I had to prepare my heart in case it was a boy because I hadn't really had prepared myself for a boy. I said, oh God, please prepare me if it's a boy. And God spoke audibly into my spirit and he said, I'm giving you a destiny. And I knew in that moment that it was not up to me to request the gender. It was up to me to fight for the destiny. My daughter was born and within the first six weeks of her life, she died five times. After being resuscitated for the fifth time, they told me she would never be normal. She's got brain damage and I needed to prepare myself. Friends, I went into warfare using the prophetic words. I've given you a destiny. Friends, there's no destiny in somebody that is stuck in a home and their doctor said to me, prepare yourself, they will be stuck in a home. There's no destiny in that. There's no destiny in, in somebody that is not able to rise up in their full capacity and be everything God's called them to be. Now, I'm not saying that God can't use people that in any way have, are not completely able. But I am saying when God says, I've given you something, then you fight according to what God said. 
And God did not say, he's giving me a disabled child that's going to be sitting in a home for the rest of her life. And the, 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 the reality, the diagnosis, the words of people were, it can never happen, it's impossible. But I fixed my eyes on Jesus. I fixed my mind on Christ. I fixed my mind on the prophetic. I prophesied over her. I declared over her. I spoke over her. I held her in my arms and I said, you fearfully and wonderfully made. You are perfect in every way. The enemy will not steal, kill and destroy from you. And friends, today she is a highly intelligent, degreed woman, passes the church, involved in a school, involved in community work. She's got four children on her own. She's a massive capacity woman. But I had to fight for her destiny because God said, I'm giving you a destiny. And friends, I want to tell you this, that when the storms of life come, and the word of the enemy comes. And the word of the enemy is always going to be contrary to your destiny. If God said, I'm going to call you to sing and, and usher in worship, the enemy will tell you, you can't sing. And people will say to you, I don't like your voice. So what? He never said you're going to have the perfect voice. He said you're going to shift things. So why do you stop? Because somebody judged you because the enemy is trying to stop you. Remember, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to steal the rhema words of scripture. The Bible says in Matthew 13 verse 9 that the sower sows seed. But three quarters of what the sower sows gets stolen by the enemy. And only one quarter grows where there's fertile soil, friends. I told you, you've got to have fertile soil. But Kathy, do you know what the doctor said? But Kathy, do you know what people have said? But Kathy, but nothing. That's rubbish. That is just seed being stolen. Do not take or believe it. Every single miracle that I've had to fight for in my life, friends, and I've had to fight for massive miracles. I had to silence the voice of people and silence the voice of the accuser and say, I don't care what you say. And I don't care what you think. And I don't care how clever you are. My God said, my God said, I only believe the word of the Lord. And friends, that's what prophecy is for. You fight according to the prophetic. If God's promised you children through your womb and they tell you you can never have children, you say, thank you so much. Now I know exactly how to pray. And then you prophesy into your womb. You say, womb, you've got to prepare yourself for kids because God said so. You've got to start taking friends. As Christians, it is a warfare. And you've got a seed stealer that is waiting to see, steal your seed. What does he steal? The rhema revelational words. The words that God spoke to you personally. And the prophetic words that people have come to usher into your life to confirm. He comes to take your puzzle. Are you going to let him? It says in Matthew 13 verse 19 that three quarters because of hard ground, because of, because of, of bushy thorns, and because the birds came and stole it. Only one quarter of the seed grew, friends. That means in the church, very few people are coming into their destiny. And why is that? Because they don't know the power of fighting according to the prophetic. I can tell you testimony upon testimony upon testimony in my life. I'm living in the fullness of the prophetic testimony of fighting for destiny in my life. Every single day of my life, friends. And I want to say to you, I'm not unique. I'm not special. We're all uniquely, fearfully, and wonderfully made, and we're all the apple of his eye, but I'm no more any of that than you are. So why aren't you living there? Because you've never taken it upon yourself to fight. 
The storms of life have come and they've thrown you off the rock of Jesus and you're blaming God, you're blaming people, you're blaming everybody else. I'm saying to you, it's your fault. Get back on that rock. You fix your eyes on Jesus. You say, Jesus, I will not take my eyes off the author and the finisher of my faith. I will not take my mind of the, the high priest and the apostle of my life. I don't care how impossible it is and I don't care what people think. You said it. I believe it, that settles it. And until it manifests, I will not stop fighting according to the prophetic word. Paul said to Timothy, fight, fight Timothy, fight according to the prophetic that was spoken over your life. And I want to say to you, Susan, fight, John, fight, Mary, fight, Michael, fight, Justine, fight, Siobhan, fight. Whoever you are, fight according to the prophetic. You say to the enemy, shut up. I don't care what your opinion is. God said this. And friends, because I've told you, record. Record the scriptures. Record the words. Record. You go back and you say, wait a minute, God, let me just see what you said. And you go listen. You go read. You go look at it. And when somebody brings something that side swaps what God says, you smile. You say, that's great. Thank you. I want to tell you, friends, I've had to face disqualification, negative words, people saying it can never happen all my life. And I've just smiled. And I walk away. And I think, well, that's just your opinion. But I know my God. I know what he says. I know what his purposes are. And I will fight according to the prophetic. Now, it's really important that, number one, you speak. Speak it out. Re-prophesy what's written down there. God, you said in Jeremiah 1. God, you said in, in, in Psalm 37, my children will never go hungry. God, you said, you said, you said. And you declare it and you speak it and you prophesy it again. Declare, declare me, say it as a statement. The word says, speak the word, speak the prophetic word, shout it out, roar, according to the line of the tribe of Judah. I will never leave you, says the Lord. I will never forsake you, says the Lord. But I feel so alone and I feel so forsaken. Well, it's junk. Don't trust your feelings. Declare, shout, Prophesy, speak, stand. And friends, when you've done all to stand, you will walk into the glory and the fullness of what God has got for you. Because those whose feet are built on the rock of Jesus Christ will not be shaken. For too long, friends, we've been built on the opinion of our pastors. We've been built on the opinion of our friends and our community in the church. But most Christians that call themselves Christians have not built their lives on the rock and the, the foundation of the author and the finisher, the apostle and high priest of their life. They don't even know the voice of Jesus. I said to somebody once, you know what? My sheep know my voice. I do what God tells me. They said, oh, you think you're super spiritual. You hear God. And you know what my answer was? Don't you? Don't you? Because every one of us should hear God to ourselves, spirit to spirit, through the word and through the confirmation that comes from prophetic words. There are many times where God says to me, don't prophesy over that person. They've got to go find the word in me first.
And many times people phone me and they say, I need a prophetic word. Won't you give me a prophetic word? Friends, fortune tellers give instant coffee prophetic words that leave you down the wrong track. But true prophets and prophetic people that understand the purposes of God are going to build on the foundation that God himself has put first. You need to understand that. When you've done all else, stand. Now, 1 Peter 4, let me just find that scripture for you quickly. 1 Peter 4, 11a says this. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. Friends, don't come into agreement with a diagnosis. My asthma, oh, I can't breathe, my asthma. Oh, I can't do this because my heart condition. Oh, I can't do this because, no, no, that's a circumstance. You speak the very words of God. Every day ordained for you was written in his book before one of them came to be. Body, heart, come into agreement with heaven. You've got to carry me every day ordained for me. Body, respond to the healing balm of Jesus Christ. Upon that, his back, he took every stripe so that I can live in healing. Holy Spirit's gifts of healing are my portion. Body, you will come into agreement with the Holy Spirit. When you speak, friends, I'm going to read it to you again. And if anyone speaks, if you can't speak the very words of God, say nothing at all. Because every time you speak, you're either releasing demons to work because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Those who speak death release demons and the angels can do nothing. But those who speak life, who speak the word, Jesus is the life, who speak the life, the truth, the word of God, release angels to fight on your behalf. And if anyone speaks, he should do it as speaking the very words of God. What do you say? You say, God said in that scripture, you say, God spoke into my spirit on that day. You say, 10 prophetic words have confirmed what God said. What will I believe? Whose report will I believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. That's it. No other report. And you speak it. But friends, you have to speak it. You have to declare it. You have to re-prophesy it. Sometimes you've got to shout it. And sometimes you've got to silence the accuser and the deceiver loudly because he speaks very loudly. God speaks in a whisper, but he speaks very loudly. And so it's really important. It goes on to say this in verse 12. So 1 Peter 4 verse 11a and then verse 12. Please look it up for yourself. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trials you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Life sucks. We settle that. Difficult times come. We've settled that. Circumstances look contrary to what God has said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when hard times come. Why? Because we're in this world. We're not of this world. In this world, you will have many troubles. But Kathy, do you know how big my troubles are? Do you know how big your God is? But Kathy, it's impossible. He's the God of the impossible. But Kathy, I'm under the circumstances. He's above circumstances. Be seated with Christ in heavenly places. But Kathy, you've got no sympathy. I have no sympathy for the devil's work. But I have great compassion for the glory of God and the supernatural power of God. I will not stroke your unbelief. But I will lead you into greater understanding of how amazingly awesome, glorious, 
powerful, loving, all-consuming, all authority, all power, my Jesus is. Friends, if I come into agreement with your negative thoughts, where two or more agree it is established, the Bible said, I've just allowed you to establish something at a far greater level that's going to destroy you. I cannot do that. But where two or more agree on the things of God, God himself is there and great glory is established. One will put a thousand to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. So friends, I will not stroke your disbelief and I will not come into agreement where you come into agreement with circumstances because I cannot be held accountable for, before God for establishing something demonic in your life. But I will encourage you, I will exhort you, I will strengthen you, I will empower you to fix your eyes on Jesus, to fix your thoughts on Jesus, and to see the glory manifested in your life. I'm going to read it to you again. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trials you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When is his glory going to be revealed, friends? When it's manifest through your life. We are the glory carriers. He's changing us from glory to glory to glory. Those who are built on the rock of Jesus Christ cannot be shaken. And those are the ones that he will call sons of God. That's what he's called us to do. So we have to use the prophetic to fight every single day of our life until what was predestined is established as destiny, friends. Every day of our life. The Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's going to steal the seed in your life. He's going to steal the hope in your life. He's going to steal the faith in your life. He's going to steal the word of God in your life. He's going to steal your vision because he wants to steal your destiny. But our Jesus have come to give you life and life in abundance. And that's what he's called us to do. Um, so we see that God has called us to fight according to the prophetic. And then Psalm 103 verse 20 and 21 says, Bless the Lord, you angels who belong to him, you mighty warriors who carry out his commands, who are obedient to the sound of his words. Bless the Lord, all you heavenly armies, his ministers who do his will. Friends, there are angels in heaven, hosts of angels in heaven that are waiting to hear the sound of his voice, that are waiting to hear you speak, that are waiting to hear you declare, that are waiting to hear you prophesy, that are waiting to hear you shout the word of God, the purposes of God, the promises of God, the prophecies of God, the fullness of the plans of God, the word that he has written about you. And the moment they hear the sound of it, they are released. He releases them to fight on your behalf. You see, friends, we have to fight by believing, receiving, and speaking. The angels go and shift the heavens, push back the darkness, destroy the works of the evil one, so that your path is made clear ahead of you. Hosts of army angels waiting to fight on you on your behalf so why is prophecy important friends because it keeps us grounded 
because it roots us on the rock of Jesus, because it keeps us full of hope when all hope is stolen, because it keeps us full of faith when the enemy tries to steal our faith, because it keeps us focused on the plans of Jesus, because it teaches us to endure one step at a time. It causes us to build one brick at a time. God does not give us a prophetic word about what we're going to be one day and then we stay stagnant for 20 years and suddenly, woohoo, the door opens and here we are in the fullness of our destiny. He gives us the prophetic word and then he takes us on a journey called troubled times to allow us to grow, to mature emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, every step of the way, one step at a time, one day at a time, one brick at a time. Until you look back and you see this clear path that he's been preparing for you. And then suddenly, friends, one day, when who you are as a person, when who you're, what your faith is, when what the level of authority is in your life, when what the level of endurance is in your life, when what the level of being turned into righteousness, because we've got to be like him, friends, clean hands, pure heart. Then one day he can open that door and he can say, this is what I prepared for you. But you stood and you were not shaken. Friends, very few people live in their destiny, mostly because they didn't fight for it, and others because when the storms came, they were washed away. He's looking for a people that will not be washed away. He's looking for a people that will stand. He's looking for a people that no matter what's happened in your life, you will say, I will not be shaken. I will not believe the accuser. I will not believe the deceiver. I will not believe the voice of man. I will fix my eyes on Jesus. I will fix my eyes on the words that he's spoken in my spirit, on the words that he's given me, and on the words that have been prophesied over me. I will not be shaken. But Kathy, the promises were given 40 years ago. It's too late. Until the day that you breathe your last breath, friend, it is never too late. Caleb and Joshua walked into their destiny as 80-year-old men. What's yours? What's he been preparing you for? It keeps us to live one day at a time. He shows us yesterday to reveal tomorrow. He shows us our ashes to show us our beauty. He gives us words of wisdom to know what to do today to walk into the fullness of it. Because friends, prophetic word transform us from a predestined call to a destiny. And I want to say to any single person, the Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Follow the way of love, especially prophecy. Because you see, prophecy, friends, is not a gift for you. It's a gift to give away. The, the, the way of love, our God so loved the world that he gave. Prophecy is a giving. You're giving into people's lives every single day. To help them on the journey from predestination to destiny. That they will not get tired. They will be strengthened. They will be encouraged. They will be corrected. They will be redirected. And they will walk into the fullness of glory. And we will rejoice when the glory of God is revealed. God bless you friends. Love you incredibly. Do not scoff at the prophetic. Do not believe those operating in the wrong realm. Look at the life of the person. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. Do they reflect Jesus? And have they got a track record of hearing him, speaking him, and it's been manifest?
Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow him while we follow other people showing us how to follow him. God bless you, friends. And until we meet again, goodbye.